All right, guys. Uh, welcome to another edition of Culture Class Podcast, uh, the podcast where we get to interact with different people from different backgrounds, get to learn about other cultures and see what's going on in different places of the world. Uh, my name is Nosayari, and I have today another guest on the episode. Welcome to the podcast, Natalie. Thank you. Natalie Schreffler. Perfect. Welcome to the episode. <laughs> you know, the first time I heard your, your last name, I thought you were probably... European, like, do you have some European ancestry? Oh, yeah, 100% German. Got it, got it. My mom recently did 23andMe, discovered she has a lot of, she thought she was Romanian originally. Then she found out it was, like, mostly German, some Romanian, with some Transylvania in there. Got it. And then recently in her 23andMe discovered it's, she's, like, mostly Russian. Oh, (laughs) wait, is Schreffler from your mom's side or your dad's side? My dad's side. Got it. He's 100% German. Got it. Got and then it. I was like, used to think it was cool to have a little Romanian. And I was like, turns out there's no Romanian. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Why is it cool to have a little Romanian? Because it's like a, you know, it's like everyone's German with, I feel like every white, like, person with a German-sounding last name is just like, they're going to be German in Got America. It. But then when you add some Romanian, it's like. Just a little edge. There's a little little bit of spice in there. Yeah. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. How's your week been? How's your day been? How's your year been? Uh, we're recording this uh, two weeks into the 2020, mm-hmm. December 15th. 15 days in. So uh, yeah. how's it so far? Is it looking better? You want to go back to 2019? What do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's looking good so far. You know, don't need to go back. Um, haven't really. My one resolution was to read a book a month this year. So mm. How's already, that going? Already hit the mark. Halfway through my second book. Look at you. Uh-huh. Look at you. Oh, wait, wait. Audiobooks or book book? Uh, I don't really do audiobooks, so book book, I would say. Okay. But I'm into, I can do an audiobook here and there. Yeah, I need to get I need to get back into reading, to be honest, because I have, like, what, seven or eight books in my apartment that I haven't read yet, mm-hmm. and I need to just jump back on the wagon. I'm doing more podcasts, podcasts, podcasts now, but mm-hmm. anyway, it's all good. Uh, it'll be interesting episode talking to you. Uh, from what I understand, you grew up in Wyoming, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's pretty interesting. The first time, well, let me not say the first time. I heard about Wyoming because um, I've heard about Wyoming like growing up. But first time I paid attention to Wyoming was because of Kanye, because apparently really? he goes up there a lot to record. He has uh, a house think, there now. Yeah, he has a house. He has like a, a ranch, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. He has like a, his own state or something. <laughs> but yeah, talk to me about growing up in Wyoming. What What are like your earliest memories as a kid growing up? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just talk to me about that. Sure. So I was actually born in Montana, in a town called Billings. It's like the meth capital of the world. The meth. <laughs> that's a pretty interesting reputation. Claim to fame. Okay. Um, but I really loved it, and then we moved when I was twelve to Wyoming. So. Oh wow! So you spent a considerable amount of time in Montana. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So we would like, you know, I grew up in Billings, but we would travel around to like. Um, we would like go skiing in Big Sky and Red Lodge, which are kind of Big Sky is like a really famous like hoity-toity uh ski lodge place but red lodge is a little more like working class type of people um really good memories from that we would go to like a lake it was called yellowtail yellowtail lake yeah yellowtail Reservoir. middle america has all these very fancy names for some <laughs> of all this place there's a devil's what's it called the devil's De- tower devil's tower all mm-hmm. these like very intriguing names mm-hmm. but you were saying um yeah we would go like boating and stuff Growing up in, like, the middle of nowhere in Montana, it was really fun. Um, went to a place called Flathead Lake in Montana, which is probably my favorite place in the world. When you say boating, like, 
how big is this lake? Can you fit an actual like mini sailboat, or it's more or less like kayaking, canoeing kind of thing? Um, I don't know about sailboat, but like, um, for like water skiing purposes, mm. you know, you can have a boat that fits like eight people or so. Got it. Kind of speedboat type style. Got it. Um, so we had those. We would go like tubing and water skiing, and wow! And you did all this before you were twelve. That must have been fun. <laughs> when you say we, uh, how many siblings do you have? I grew up with one sibling, but I have two older half siblings. Got so it. They yeah. were like around sometimes, but they didn't live with us. They just came to visit. Got it. So how how old? You know, we grew up with one sibling, older, younger. He's older. Older? How mm-hmm. much older? Two and a half years. Two and a half. Okay, so you guys were almost like the same age. We yeah. did a lot of things together yeah. and things like that. What's your name? Her name's Nicole. Nicole. Oh, mm-hmm. now and Nicole is yeah. the hands. <laughs> yeah. Got Often it. Got it. For each other. <laughs> okay. Okay. Did, did you guys like? Did she pick on you when you were younger? Were you guys competitive? Were you were going skiing? That kind of thing, <laughs> or you're just um, like supportive? She. So she got none of the athletic genes, and I got all of the athletic genes. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Overkill. <laughs> oh she also got no competitive. Uh, streak though either so like but i mean like we would grow up and go tubing and just like do it together it wasn't really like a competition type of deal and like skiing even growing up we we just kind of did it together there was no like oh look i'm better than you at this um but then we got to like high school and i was doing all the sports and she was like the manager of the sports teams but didn't do the sports but there was still no like weird competitive vibe there it was just kind of like cool natalie's the athletic one nicole's the smart one. <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting. I mean, it's, it's interesting you say tubing because yeah. I think that's one excuse I have to go up into the mountains in, here in Colorado and start. Mm-hmm. Like, I can, I watch tubing videos online. It, it looked fun. Mm-hmm. It looked easier than snowboarding mm-hmm. and skiing. So, so you're uh, talking like, about like snow tubing, like sledding with the tube? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wait, is there dry tubing? Is there non-snow tubing? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm talking about buying a boat. You can do like, oh. there might be another word for it, but tubing, like where you're just like on the tube holding on for your life. And got you get, like, it. Around. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Oh, wow. That's even more fun. Yeah. It was a okay, lot. Okay. Okay. I mean, granted, when I was like 12, I would make my dad go like five miles an hour because I was too scared. But then I got, was, when they, I got older, it got a little more extreme. Did it get to the point where you guys like snuck off and snuck off with the boat kind of thing? Like you uh-huh. took the boat out yourself? How old were you then? Oh, no, no, no. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't sneak off with the boat. That was too scary. Oh, you're a good kid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, you talked about playing sports. Uh, what kind of sports did you play uh, growing up? And how is sporting? And is this like when you moved to Wyoming or are you still in Montana or both? Mm-hmm. So I played volleyball and basketball in Montana. By that, I mean like, you know, little elementary school age kids like banging a ball around. It wasn't really actually the sport itself. <laughs> Got it. But I did learn some of the fundamentals. So then by the time we got to Wyoming, um, I was in seventh grade. So I did, you know, started out playing volleyball uh, and had like a pretty good grasp on it for, you know, a seventh grader. Got and it. then continued that throughout the end of high school. Same with basketball. Started in seventh grade. Loved it. It was my favorite sport. Continued it um, into high school. Ended up winning state two times that I was there. No big deal. And- <laughs> <laughs> Humble flex. <laughs> but it means the state of Wyoming, for Christ's sake. Uh, but, I mean, granted, that being said. Like, Does hey, Wyoming have any D1 university? No. Well. Even the University of Wyoming? Yeah, that is. What is the sport in Wyoming? Football, basketball, hockey? I say probably football. 
Football, okay. Yeah. So the American sport. Yeah. Okay. But there is, I know there's a basketball, like, program there. I don't know if it's well-known or good or anything, but, yeah, I would say football's probably a big one. So do you guys get, like, a lot of scouts for sports like basketball from people out of state since, you know, there are not a lot of D1? No one wants to come to <laughs> Wyoming <laughs> to scout? <laughs> we got scouts from, like, the, the local junior colleges. <laughs> Damn. What are the colleges in Wyoming? I only, I only know the University of Wyoming. Yeah, know. that's the only university. So there's, like, Casper College. Casper. Laramie do, do County. People, people learn to be ghosts there? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, the middle of the state and the most windy possible place you can be pretty miserable but that's where like all the state um sports take place just because it's like centrally located so for every state tournament we would always go to casper for so that means they have good facilities and stuff yeah yeah casper college is where where all that stuff is held and yeah they have like a whole track field a big court you know for basketball and volleyball sports so that means your name is hung up on your high school gym right now somewhere yeah. natalie stress okay yeah. okay two, two different flag things for basketball right but wait scouts don't come to wyoming is it because the number like the pool like the pipeline for talent isn't that much because you only have a bunch of high schools or it's like the weather is too cold or what's what do you think is the reason for that um uh i think it's just because it's such a small populated state like there's it's the least populated state in the country so it's just like i mean i could be wrong there might be sports uh, scouts that come and look at, you know, high schoolers, it, but it'd probably only be in the bigger schools. Got it. So I was in a, so there's four, like, um, levels, if you will, of of uh, sports sizes or something for high schoolers. Okay. So there's 1A, which is, like, super tiny schools, like, I don't know, 20, 10 people in your class or something. Okay. Then 2A is what I was in. There were, like, 35 people in my high school class. So our mm. whole school was, like, 200 people. When you say your class, do you mean like your class, like seventh grade, the whole seventh grade yeah. is 35 people? Yep. Mm-hmm. It, there, is it possible to have like different classes of seventh graders in some schools? Um, or most people, all seventh graders just sit in one class? Or sit in one so, class? yeah, so there are different, you like sit in different classes. And then when I say my class was 35, I just mean like every seventh You mean like grader. class of 2018, something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it, got it. Okay. Yeah, so then... So it goes up to 4A. So, like, maybe scouts come to look at the 4A um, uh, athletes. Like, I did go to – or I was in the – I was the same age as a girl um, who was originally in a 2A school, and then she transferred over to a 4A school specifically because of sports. And then she ended up playing for the University of Montana for basketball. Oh, oh wow. So, like, she might have gotten a scout scholarship situation. But as far as I know, it's not, like, a big, you know – a lot of scouts aren't coming in looking for Wyoming athletes for <laughs> Got it. much of anything. But you ended up going like to the University of Arizona. And before I talk about that, like what is you talked about Billings, interesting name by the way, Billings. Yep. You talked about Billings being like the meth capital of the world <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> of the world. What is Wyoming known for? Like I know it's pretty cold, but what is it known for? Basically. Good question. Um there's a lot of coal. Hmm. So I there's a town close to where my parents live called Decker. And it employs, there's just a big coal mining, like, field or whatever, and it employs a ton of people. So I would say, like, on an industrial level, that's, you know, farming and coal is probably the biggest uh, in industry claim to fame for Wyoming. Farming? Really? Yeah. Oh. A lot of farming. Oh, interesting. Ranching. 
Is it? Yeah. Now, thank God you mentioned ranchers because <laughs> I'm going to pivot before I talk about Arizona. <laughs> like, a lot of people call, let me not say a lot of people, isn't that like the official uh, mantra for the state of Wyoming, like the cowboy state? Cowboy state, yeah. Yeah. Is that a, still a thing in 2019? I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so have you been to the, any of the stock show festivities? So I haven't been to the stock show, and she's talking about the rodeo stock show that's currently going on throughout the month of January yeah. in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And I hope to be in one this weekend. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to get, like, two other people, because if we're four, then we can get cheaper prices on tickets. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But what about the stock show? So, yeah, so I went last weekend, and it just, like, brought me back to my childhood in uh, in Wyoming, because it's just, like, so rodeo is a big thing in Wyoming too. Uh, so I would have friends in high school that competed in like, it wasn't like an official high school sport, but you could like high schoolers can compete in like the state rodeo. I don't really understand how it's structured. Really? Yeah. So like, you know, my friends that grew up on ranches and like grew up with horses and stuff. Would, when you say rodeo, like that stuff, like you actually mount a horse and the horse is trying to like shake you off, that kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's, that's the, oh, that's, <laughs> that's the extreme one. Extreme, like only. That's like, if, you, if you've ever watched like Dyer, uh, Dallas Buyers Club, was that a horse or a cow that he mounted? Oh, I didn't see uh, it. Uh, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey, he mounted something and he was trying to well, like, and there's shake bull. him off. So there's bronco riding, which is a horse. Exactly. And then there's bull riding. Too. Yeah, bull riding. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the fun one. They're both intense, yeah. Have, have you tried it before? No. I've no. fake bull. <laughs> What's the fake bull? The mechanical, mechanical bull yeah. that they have in the bars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that also a big thing in Wyoming, like the salons and the bars? Is it like country-style salons, kind of how we see in the Westerns, or that's just an exaggerated version? I think it's mostly exaggerated, in my experience. Okay. I'm sure they exist, but they would be more like touristy attractions. Yeah. Lady Gaga kind of like did a tour for that her album, that one that had a million reasons in it. Mm-hmm. I know you had this whole country theme, mm-hmm. and she went to all these like bars and salons in like middle America, and I was like, oh, I didn't know that these existed, but yeah. those might not have been in Wyoming. Yeah, I mean, the only one I've been to is in Texas, so. But yeah, of course, Texas, <laughs> <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but Arizona, why? Why is Arizona? It's so close. Like uh, a lot of people like run like two thousand miles away from where they grew up yeah. to go to college. But you ended up going to a school in Arizona. What school did you go to? Why did you choose that school? Mm-hmm. What was it about Arizona? Had you been to Arizona before before that decision? I had been, yeah, I'd been to like Phoenix area, which I don't love and wasn't interested in going to. I went to Northern Arizona University, which is in Flagstaff. It's up like north of Phoenix. It's up in the mountains, the the a university in the mountains. Yeah. Oh, that's new. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the elevation is like seven thousand feet. Well, it doesn't snow as much in Arizona, right? Does so, it? Not in the rest of the state, but in Flagstaff, it does. Just mm. it's so elevated. So there was still it was still four seasons. Um, I chose it because so it was between I was deciding between Northern Arizona, Northern Arizona University, and um, Montana State University. Okay. Which is in Bozeman. They're really um, similar. Like schools in um, Northern Arizona just gave me more money, so <laughs> <laughs> that makes so much sense. That that's kind of like my story. Like I started off with this whole list of like twenty-two schools in like different continents, Europe, America, all these yeah, places. Yeah. Narrowed it down, narrowed it down. At the end of the day, ended up starting applications like six of them. Got admitted, finished applications for four of them. Got admission into four of them. I think like AU. Buffalo, Michigan State, and one other, Georgia Southern or something. Yeah. But like, hey, you gave me like the most money, so I ended up yeah. right there. Right. 
it's like, a no-brainer, right? Simple choice. Yeah, I mean, everyone, everyone is getting mounted on by like student debt, like yeah. it's crazy. Some people predict that that's going to be the next cause of the major recession, like student debt. I'm sure, that's kind of Anyway, AU is probably the best choice of those options, anyway, wasn't it? Yeah, I was kind of like looking at Buffalo, but I ended up going to Buffalo. I'm like, oh yeah, you guys can keep the deposit. No, I'm like, I'm good. But yeah, but I, I wanted to like, I thought I was going to New York because I was interested in finance, and I was like, okay, New York mm-hmm. finance, okay. But this yeah. was Buffalo. Buffalo is like upstate New York, right. yeah. so it's Nowhere not really yeah, yeah New York. So, can you remember like some of your trips? outside Billings, outside Wyoming, when you were much younger? When did you venture out to, like, other states or maybe not even necessarily other countries, but other states to, like, see people, different people who were, like, who didn't grow up, like, in, like, ranches or grew up tubing or things like that? Can you remember, like, your first experience, like, interaction with, like, people from different backgrounds, that kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. So my parents were really good about, like, taking us on trips like we weren't really confined to montana they, i mean yeah you were a good kid so obviously <laughs> <laughs> nicole especially yeah nicole was a real, real winner in our house um but i remember going to like las vegas and we would go to cirque du soleil shows oh wow how so, old are you uh, that's a great question i want to say like eight I think wow. we went like a few times. Circus Soleil, those are those like lights, acrobatic yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of exactly. Got yeah. it. And we were really into this one, and we had the soundtrack, and we like listened to it all the time. Yeah. Wait, those shows have soundtracks? Mm-hmm. Capitalism, man. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I, Damn. And I was even like looking back. I'm like, wow, my parents really like. It's impressive that they made like a family trip out of going to Vegas. They could have just like gone up by themselves and been like, "Listen, kids, we're gonna have an adult weekend." I'm sure they had an adult weekend. You guys just didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure while you guys went to bed, they hit the town. But... Oh, Vegas! Yeah. So that must have been that must be interesting. Different weather. I mean, I was in Vegas uh, uh, close to Christmas, I think, last mm-hmm. year. Different weather. It's not as cold. Doesn't snow right. as much. Yeah, it's uh, a desert. Yeah, kind of like deserty mm-hmm. kind of. While I was on the strip, I didn't like venture out right. into Vegas I mean, yeah, or anything. No one does. But anyway, but yeah, you've been to a lot of places. Well, you 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 seem to be the person that enjoys outdoor activities a lot. I mm-hmm. mean, there was a time, sometime last year, where you told me you were going to Santa Fe, I guess. Mm-hmm. For a ballooning trip or something. Yeah. I was like, well, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> like, this is, again, something I see all the time in media, but yeah. I've never experienced. So, those balloons that you actually, like, pump with fire and they rise up into uh-huh. the air, yeah. they actually happen in Santa Fe. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. They happen in Albuquerque. Oh, Albuquerque? Like in New Mexico. Yeah. Potato, potato. Right. <laughs> 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 I mean, people in our, people in New Mexico right now, are, you know, like, I mean, like it's not the <laughs> same place. But I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> well, tell me how that experience was like for you. Did you end up getting on the balloon? Well, you went out there for like two, three days. Yeah. Did, did you drive out there? We drove. Yeah, it was my girlfriend's thirtieth birthday, so she, mm. a bunch of her friends flew in. We all drove in a big SUV for just hours and hours and hours because of construction down there. So. Usually it's like a five-hour drive, and it took us, I think, like eight and a half or nine because it was wow. a really bad snowstorm. But anyway, so we were all trapped in the car, got to Santa Fe, I don't know, like sometime at night. Um, my girlfriend's parents also live there, so we got to hang out with them uh, a few times over the weekend. So I think, yeah, we got there on like a Thursday and um, went to the Balloon Fiesta on a Saturday in Albuquerque, woke up at 
4.30 a.m., I think, nice. to get there <laughs> at 6 or whenever it started. Um, so it happens, like, before the sun rises. Uh, well, it starts before the sun rises. So you can just, like, see all the um, balloon people, like, setting up their balloons. And then it's really exciting. We can watch one actually, like, take off. Take because off. it's, like, such an ordeal. Like, yeah. it's, like, this enormous contraption. They're, like, you know, to get it, like, remotely ready to fly it just takes like hours to i can imagine and there are like hundreds of these things yeah. in the field right so many they just like never end it's just amazing cool cool thing to experience and it's funny i was watching um the what's it called the, the aeronauts i think aeronautic or aeronaut something the aeronauts i think on amazon prime and it was about this guy who went up in a balloon like in the 1800s, like 1870 Damn. something, too. He he was one of the guys who started to document like the weather, to be able to predict weather. And everyone at the National Science Foundation, of course, thought it was mad. Like they thought Faraday and Tesla and all those guys were mad. Mm-hmm. Like, because it was like, if we can predict weather, then we can predict like farming seasons. We can predict a lot okay. of things like transportation. A lot of people are sending there to go up into the sky. So I think it went like 37,000, something crazy wow. with a balloon. Like, even with a plane, it's crazy. Right. But it went there with a balloon that's amazing and that was like in the 80s just to but that opened my eyes to see how old the balloon technology is yeah yeah it's very old and you know we've had other like flying contraptions um what what's this thing called um it used to be like a big balloony kind of thing that could hover in the sky a couple of them crashed in the 50s and no one really knew them anymore right the the Whatever it is, that is, yeah, it's a helium thing, a really big thing. Not a (laughs) hovercraft. It's in there, but anyway, it's just interesting to see like some of these technologies that have been around for longer than uh, I've witnessed it. Talk to me about the first time you went abroad, like you left the US. Mm -hmm. What was that trip like? What country did you go to? Yeah, that was a cool one. So I was in seventh grade. Um, That's pretty early. Yeah. I know I was I was lucky. Uh, my parents decided they wanted to take us on an international trip, so we. Um, I, it was like. Oh, so this was a school thing. This was no, just your parents. My parents. Yeah, cool my parents, sister, man. My parents. I know. Shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Sheffer. <laughs> <laughs> they knew how to do it. Got it. Um, so we went on a trip. It started in. Let's see. When did it start? The whole thing, so we started, I think, in India. So we flew into India. Wow. Um, trying to think of, I think we flew into Mumbai and then just like ended up going to Goa and then wherever the Taj Mahal is. I don't remember the name. Right? Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's like an hour and a half from Delhi. I don't know what okay. city that is. We also is went to Delhi, exactly. yeah. So, like, I know we stayed in Mumbai and then just like we're on a, a lot of like buses and trains. Mm. Um, Oh, you actually use like public transportation and everything. Yeah. And this was like probably like before Google Maps and all that oh, stuff. Oh yeah, way okay. before. This was like two thousand, two thousand oh, or something. Got it. Um, and so, yeah, we we like toured around India, saw you know all the touristy sites. That we took a cruise from. It must have been from Goa because that's the one on the coast, right? Got it. Yeah. Um, took a cruise from Goa to the Seychelles Islands, which is like Seychelles. Seychelles. I thought that was somewhere. Is that close to India? <laughs> <laughs> How long were you guys in the ocean? <laughs> a year and a half. <laughs> God damn it, that seemed like a voyage. <laughs> um, no, I think, I mean, 
from what I remember, it was just in between, somewhere between India and Kenya, because we ended up going, we were in India, Seychelles Islands, and then Nairobi. Yeah. So then, but we like stopped at the Seychelles for a couple of days or something, and it's just like this cool tropical little oasis. It is, it is beautiful, um, like Seychelles, Mauritius. I'm not exactly sure if Seychelles is, it's probably Oceania, closer to Oceania, like land Africa, but. Mm-hmm. Still, and you ended up still going to like Kenya and Nairobi. Yeah, uh, three so, countries. Your first trip. I know. It was Damn, it's cool. And the way I got out of school, it was like in April or something. So we were in school, and the way I got out of it was just by like journaling about my experience. <laughs> mm, obviously, your teachers like going back to Wyoming. You'd be like the talk of the class. <laughs> right. Like I went to all these places, and I could and. This is did this influence you in any way? Because you ended up like going for like a master's in international affairs. Like mm-hmm. you were in sports, so obviously. You follow sports in like maybe other countries or other states. You had been to all these places. You had lived in multiple cities. Your parents had this international outlook. Did that influence your interest in international affairs? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Like they, because they exposed us, you know, we like traveled a lot in the U.S. just on like little family trips. Um, You know, they exposed us to international stuff early on. And then, so by the time I got to like, oh, and then actually, I think in between my eighth grade and ninth grade year I did a school trip to um Australia and New Zealand which was like the best time of my life wow it was amazing I think it was like two weeks or something over the summer um and we just kind of like toured all the cool stuff and checked out like the cities and stuff and so I think those two experiences where where? Sydney or Melbourne Sydney got it yeah and then I don't remember where we were in New Zealand but I just remember like seeing like fields and fields of just lush green grass with a bunch of sheep and then we went to like one of the sheep shearing, you know, shows or whatever. Wait, <laughs> a sheep shearing show? <laughs> yeah. Like they, they actually like these guys? You pay to get into those shows? I think so. Like, like they, they are, there are some of these businesses that I feel the entrepreneurs are just using to trick customers. <laughs> like when I was in in DC, when I lived in DC, there was this thing in Virginia, apple picking for crying out loud. Yeah, like that's so, a, that's a thing. You own a sheep farm. You own a orchard with apples. You don't want to pay people to pick apples. You don't want to pay people to share. <laughs> share. I have an idea. People will pay me to, pick to, come, to pick my apples. <laughs> that no, kind it's of smart. Thing. Like you have to do it anyway. Why that's ingenious, man. Pay. Those kind of businesses can't flourish in Nigeria. Nigerians <laughs> will say, "What are you talking about? Me? You want me to pick that apple and yeah. I pay money? You have to pay me. What are you talking that. about? <laughs> they don't want to get conned. <laughs> oh, well, that's interesting. But you, you, yeah. you, you took, you got your degree in international affairs by moving to Pennsylvania. You moved to the East Coast. Yeah. So what was the difference between living in the Midwest? Is Wyoming Midwest? Kind of like, it's the West. It's the West, kind of. I mean, it's technically Midwest, but we call it the West. Got it. I mean, the Wild Wild, wild Cowboy State. So, exactly. You know, exactly. moving to the East Coast, like Pennsylvania, the home of oil, Rockefeller, all these things, like it's totally different, right? Yeah. What was your impression about the yeah. East Coast uh, schooling there? Yeah, so I think... So I had been looking at a few different schools on the East Coast. Mainly the reason I went was just because the international affairs programs are mainly over there. Yeah. Like I looked at the University of Denver program, but didn't want to pay a private school uh, in, uh, tuition. So, and also, so my dad... So you're really like, smart about this educational decisions <laughs> about money, growing up. A lot of 18-year-olds, <laughs> they're just like, what the hell, to hell, get the student's loan, get reimbursement when they're 25. I said, wait, I have 250K. <laughs> Yeah, as you were saying. So I was deciding between like Pennsylvania and Syracuse at the end, and my upstate New York again. Yeah, but it was again the same situation where I just got more money from Penn State. But also, my dad grew up in Pennsylvania, like 
central Pennsylvania, like 40 miles away from State College, which is where Penn State is. Mm -hmm. His mom still lived there when I went. So it was like, you know, kind of an opportunity to be able to see her more often. I didn't, you know, I didn't see her that much growing up. Um, my dad's sister and her whole family also live right outside of BC. So mm -hmm. it's kind of, and then my other sister, my half sister was in uh, Syracuse at the time as well. So it was like a cool opportunity to be around more members of my family that I don't get to see very often and just live on the East Coast just seemed like a cool opportunity. So Got it. Got it. Like I, I moved from the East Coast to Colorado and mm -hmm. I, like I just felt in my body that my life expectancy went up at like, eight years or so. <laughs> clean air. Like not just clean mountain air, it's like less stress. I don't wake up stressed for some reason. Yeah. People yeah. are just nicer here for some reason. Totally. Like everyone is like cooperative. Like I was on the East Coast. I'm so my life is like I'm used to like banking, that's my professional career. Mm -hmm. Like living on the East Coast, coming from Nigeria, all those things say grind, 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 hustle, yeah, yeah, hustle, yeah. hustle. Yeah. And Colorado is the first place where I came with just like chill. Yeah. Did yeah. you experience any of that, like the pressure in the air in the East Coast? So it's kinda like, eh, I do sports, so no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean I wouldn't say I experienced it in, in Pennsylvania, even though I mean like a little bit maybe, just because, you know, grad school I guess is its own kind of stress animal. Yeah. But then I moved from there to D.C., which is obviously, uh, you know, much different culture than anything I'd ever been around. Um, and I didn't hate it. Like, so I interned at a nonprofit called mm. Enough Project. And, like, it was cool. Like, I got I became really good friends with some fellow interns and enjoyed, like, you know, going downtown D.C. for my cool little unpaid internship. But then once that ended, I was like. Yikes, I hate it in DC. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tell me about like, it. Yeah, I did not connect with the culture. I don't like I don't have that personality that can really like thrive in that environment. I mean, it didn't help like, I couldn't really like find a job or you know, once I found a job I hated it. So <laughs> kind of got it, lose got it. lose. <laughs> but I stuck it out. I was there for like a year and a half and was optimistic for a while and then just gave up on it. Couldn't do it anymore. Got it. So you didn't see yourself going back to that part of the country anytime soon? No. Got it, got it. Being in international affairs, I'm sure you had the opportunity to travel to a whole bunch of countries, or maybe even before you got into the program. What are some of the countries like you you went to like during the program? What are some of the cool stuff you did abroad? Mm -hmm. So I actually didn't get to travel during my program. I tried. I tried to get an internship like between the years um, of grad school, and I just it didn't work out. But prior to that, I had studied abroad in France um, mm. for my undergrad. Je m'appelle Lati. <laughs> Ah, just a French accent. Je <laughs> n'ai pas. Perfect. Um, so yeah, that's basically what I sounded like when I tried to speak in French. <laughs> but that was a blast. I got to like go around, you know, to all the neighboring countries, and it was just endless, delicious food, basically. Nice. Um, so that was a semester. I finished my French degree. Uh, by doing that. Oh, wait, so that was a study abroad program? Yeah. What university in Paris do you go to? It was actually in Strasbourg. It was Strasbourg. Um, it was like the business school. Um, they called it management. The management? <laughs> <laughs> I wish you guys could see our face right now. <laughs> but it's all good. Did you get to attend any of the football games, like the Champions League games or something? Or football is not really... Oh, soccer. Soccer. It's yeah. not really your thing. I mean, yeah, soccer is definitely not really my thing. French also has like a huge basketball culture, I think, like especially like female basketball. I think, yeah, oh, like you yeah. know, what's this guy's name? That uh, uh, Parker, Tony Parker. 
Mm-hmm. He's from France. They have a couple oh. of players from France. And I think, like, the female basketball especially is, like... All right. I think know One of the old, oldest gyms in the world. Basketball really? is in France. Like, the modern, modern gyms. Whatever. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I wasn't aware or else I definitely would have... Uh... So, from France, you went to a whole bunch of European countries? Yeah. Just, like, traveled around, like, Belgium, um, Switzerland. I had... My family had a... Um, for an exchange student when I was in eighth grade. She lived with us for a year. She wow. was from Germany. I'm, I'm starting to love your parents more and more. <laughs> more and more. Yeah, all these experiences really yeah. edified me. Um, but she, so Claudia is her name, and she was studying in um, Germany at Freiburg at the time. So mm. that's like a really quick train ride from Strasbourg, which is where I was. Oh, so you're still in touch with her all these years yeah. later. Wow, yeah, so nice. I got to go visit her a lot. I loved the town she was in. And then she actually, while I was there, she moved to Sweden. So then I got to see Uppsala, Sweden, and Stockholm. Uppsala. Uppsala. Oh, that sounds like a Nigerian food. Sounds like offensala. We <laughs> <laughs> Nigerians, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but uh, Uppsala, Sweden. Uppsala, Sweden. Yeah, that's nice. where our university is. Um, also got to go to Italy. Um, do you remember when that big, uh, like a not a volcano, but that Icelandic eruption happened in 2010? And it like disrupted all the airfare in that region, and nobody could travel for like five days. In Europe, nope, yeah. not really. <laughs> <laughs> wow. they, they, they sound like something I'm thinking about in 2010. <laughs> well, there was, but you were there during that time. I was, yeah. My friend and I were in Rome, wow. Italy, and we were scheduled to fly back to Strasbourg like the same day that that volcano erupted, and then we were <laughs> stranded in Rome for like three days. <laughs> stranded in Rome, that sounds like a movie. You should write <laughs> You should write something about that trip, that stranded in Rome. It was amazing. But that's not a bad city to get stranded in. No. You get a couple of days, and you get you got your airline ticket refunded, right? And I don't back. remember how that worked. I don't think we did, because like... It must have been had... a really good time. You don't remember what <laughs> happened. <laughs> but we also had, we used Ryanair, which is like the... Oh, aren't they like defunct now? I think so. Yeah. Replaced. I mean, but yeah, if you need to like touch a lot of what, a lot of countries and stuff in Europe, why not use yeah. a budget airline? So it cheap, makes yeah. Sense. And they're yeah. only like an hour flight. So, so. did you stay, stay in hostels and stuff? Yeah. Okay, so that's a full experience, full yeah. European backpacker. Mm-hmm. Kind of, okay, look at you. Look at you. And this is a girl from Wyoming who grew up in a ranch, for Christ's sake. Yeah. You don't get a lot of people, because I can imagine a lot of people in middle America, even here in Colorado, they like they grow up, go to school in the same state, get a job in the same state, yeah. get married in the same right. state. Like they could. Leave. I have friends that can literally tell you, like driving down Colorado Boulevard, they can tell you, oh, this neighborhood came up this time. Mm-hmm. That store wasn't there right. that time. This right. place was all like... Yeah. Have you traveled anywhere? <laughs> kind of thing. But yeah, I didn't even, I forgot to touch on that. Uh, growing up, we actually grew up in a ranch. Mm-hmm. So your parents own a ranch in Wyoming. What's the name of the ranch they own? Shoebox Ranch. Shoebox Ranch. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they, they actually have a beehive on the ranch. Mm-hmm. What else do they have on the ranch? And tell me if you, you grew up playing with bees and stuff. <laughs> no, so they have, so it's a 50 acre ranch, which they call a hobby ranch because. So, like, normally when you say, like, I live on a ranch or, like, I have 50 acres, it mm-hmm. also means you have, like, cattle or and or some sort of, like, you know, you sell something to, to make money off your ranch. You live off the land. You live off the land. Mm-hmm. But my parents, so they, they leased cattle for maybe, like, a few months at one point. And you like, can actually lease cattle? Yeah, I don't know. Someone from, like, a, a local ranch was like, hey, can we use your land for, like, four uh, months or something to it. put our cattle on it? Because they have, like, all this hay like sitting on the land like they don't do anything with it they do cut it and sell it every year but it's not like a source of income for them got it um 
So they had cattle. We had horses, I think, the whole time I was there up until, like, a couple of years ago, the last one died, which is a really sad and horrible thing to have to, like, deal with because you have to bury a horse, which is the whole thing. Uh, and, like, leave it. It's really sad. Yeah. One of them actually froze to death. Like, my dad found it. Froze to death? Yeah. Wait, so horses... Horses used to trot in winter, right? Yeah. But I guess it was just too so cold being Wyoming. It was really... I think what happened was the horse, like maybe had a cardiac incident and so mm. it was like already um you know kind of incapacitated and this wasn't was... Montana right so this wasn't the this med is... thing. No. Was it? <laughs> it was got it. <laughs> um and then it snowed really hard and got really cold and so like my dad just like dug it up and found it dead horse. Uh, wow. Anyway, so they've had horses, they've had just like, you know, dogs and cats and stuff, but nothing like a real ranch. Yeah, and I actually saw like a bottle of honey that you brought, and they had like the shoebox right. ranch on it. So they actually bottle up their own honey, and you said talked about like selling. Yeah, hey, what else, what other products do you like? Yeah, so they have. Do they produce kind of? But I think the honey is the main um, cool thing about like my favorite thing about McCarran's Ranch, just because it's delicious honey and it's local and it's like a cool just thing to have in the community. Yeah. Um. So do you know a lot about bees? Did you, like, go out there and, like, harvest the hive kind of thing? No, I never touched it. <laughs> <laughs> but you just love the honey. <laughs> I love honey. So, okay. like, so the the honey company, if you will, it's called Tongue River Honey. So my parents live. Um, there, there, there we go with the names. Man. <laughs> Middle <laughs> America, Tongue River. Like, where the hell did they come up with these days? <laughs> my high school is Tongue River High School. Oh, goodness. <laughs> All right, as you were saying. <laughs> um, so I think, from what I understand, there's, like, several um properties around the area that have these beehives my parents just happened like it was there when we moved there so my parents had no part in actually like placing the beehives here but the guy that owns the company will just like go around and and do whatever you do with honey bees <laughs> in the summer <laughs> so shoo 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 give me your honey <laughs> feeds them whatever they need to be fed and then harvest it um every fall so my parents get like i want to say like five to ten pounds of honey wow we just like give it away as gifts yeah you guys must be sick of honey (laughs) but (laughs) but it was delicious because i had some i took some with tea and it was like so great yeah and maybe that's one of my new year resolution like drinking more tea which is something you're really 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 (laughs) into like you should see natalie like on her desk is like all this (laughs) different types of tea and she talks about all this tea i'm like i didn't know what the hell kombucha was (laughs) before i came to colorado but like kombucha but like for christ's sake where, where, where do you get into the culture like tea did kenya have anything to do with that or you just like just stumbled on it somehow so yeah i had also traveled to malawi <clears throat> at one point in college just mm. as like a like i went with a group actually from denver but one of my friends from home um knew about it going knew about the group going so i just like tagged along and we saw some of the tea fields in malawi mm. um and it like i know they they grow like rooibos tea in malawi in south africa i think at least I don't even know and I'm African. But it's that's like one of my favorites. So I kind of like, you know, got exposed to some of the cooler aspects of tea from a youngish age. I didn't get super into drinking it until maybe like three years ago. So you're not like a coffee girl? I have been. I gave up coffee last summer, I think. And so now I've like supplemented with a lot of tea just because I like the ritual of like a warm drink in the morning. But I gave up on the caffeine. 
Got addiction. It. Got it, got it. Well, well, pretty, pretty interesting. What would you advise for like a amateur tea drinker? Because the only shit I know is Lipton. <laughs> I walk into Target, like, do you, do you guys have some Lipton, please? <laughs> that's about it. Like, yeah. I have this uh, cold brew kind of thing that someone made. He was on podcast. A couple of his like, uh, he's into apothecary, so I think he mm-hmm. has this like tea-ish blend kind oh, of like, yeah. always cold. Room uh-huh. kind of thing, but for someone, what what what's interesting stuff? What what ritual do you think mm. uh, I can get well, into? Have you so have you tried other TVs? Lipton? I don't think I recognize all the teas if I'm having them. <laughs> I, 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 this might taste different, but you know, I don't know what the hell this is. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Kombucha yeah. is the only thing that sounds interesting. Okay, yeah. <laughs> have you tried it? I haven't. Yeah, I mean, be prepared to really hate it at first. Really? Just because it's a weird, it's just like different than anything you've ever tried. Really? And this is kombucha generally or like a certain brand or? Generally, yeah. Really? Just because it's like, you're expecting like maybe a soda type of drink because it's like fizzy and so you. Yeah, that's what I'm expecting. It's going to be like really sweet as well. Yeah. It's not super sweet. But I can't, it's hard to describe. It's kind of like vinegary too, which I, I didn't like originally. And it sells so well. It does, yeah. Not because it's supposed like, to have like really good benefits for your gut. A lot of like yeah. pre and probiotics. Did you like in any of those trips like to like Kenya or Malawi, do you like get to try any of like local drinks? Like where I come from, we have drinks like Zobo, Kunu, where you like use corn and things like that. Do you like have, mm-hmm. or maybe even India, if you can remember, do you like get to try any of local drinks? The only thing I remember from India was having hot hot black tea i'm sure it was lipton with cream and sugar which was I, the first time i tried it and it was delicious like actual like shy in a shy setting kind of thing no it was just like straight black tea with cream and sugar but i mean i do love chai got it got it um but i'm trying to think of other local drinks i mean there were the local beers that we definitely tried the oh yeah Carlsberg was on every uh, tap <laughs> and that, that, that's that's what i love about uh colorado the brewery culture right? yeah. like every every street has like you can literally like set up like a a brewery and just start brewing yeah. beer and it's not like you have your heinekens and your guinness but you also have like local uh, variety of like right. local Colorado. most of them like bottle it and also like sell in the stores yeah so you can get like local colorado beer and stuff yeah what's you your know. what's your favorite one um, hmm, that's a good question. I really like White Rascal from Avery Brewing, which is from Boulder. No, probably my fave. Yeah, Boulder seems like a beer town. Like Coors was up in Boulder up until yeah, last recently. year or something. Yeah. Like until they moved yeah. Coors, which is like uh, one of like the biggest beer brands or something in the world. Yeah, in the world, but Budweiser's up in Fort Collins. The yeah. reason there's so many beer companies here. Is I'm sure those two are owned by the same company. I can bet on <laughs> like oh, AB sure. and Bev or something owns. <laughs> but anyways, um. The reason there's so many beer companies in Colorado is because John Hickenlooper, the previous mayor, was previously, like, previously owned a brewery, I think, in Colorado. Uh, and then by the time he became, I mean, did I say mayor? I mean, governor. Governor, got it. <laughs> by the time he became, he became governor, he, like, enacted all these um, laws or whatever that made it. Like really easy to open a brewery, Remember. like loosened all the regulations. Wait, are you saying that this is a new phenomenon? That this is just like within the last twenty years or so? I, I thought this so. has been here like since forever. I, I mean, definitely fact check me. <laughs> uh, I think it. it's like a recently new phenomenon because like all these breweries continue to pop up in Colorado because of the like loose regulations. Got and it. I'm pretty sure that started with John Hickenlooper, but. It's an interesting name, Hickenlooper. Hick it sounds Hick-and-Looper. like a beer. <laughs> he, was, he was running for president, but I think he dropped out. Oh, really? You would have made the whole country a beer, <laughs> a beer <laughs> country, which would have been fun. It would have been like October Fest, the breweries <laughs> of America, BOA. <laughs> oh, my God. What other countries in Africa have you been to? I think you've been to Benin. 
But then, yeah, that was the, that was my, I think the last place I went overseas and that was in 2011. Um, so I finished, I lied about the France thing earlier. So I actually finished my French degree with the Benin internship. So Got I was it. there over the summer after my senior year and I used it to complete my French degree. Which, so you speak French. I mean. Oui, oui, oui. <laughs> you, you probably can't, rusty, but. You can't get lost in Perry. Somewhere in there. I think if I was lost in Perry and I was like forced to really do it, I could do it. But like yeah. at this point, I don't feel like it's anywhere close to my tongue. I mean, it reminds me of my trip to Abidjan. I was in Ghana for a couple of months in 20, 2018, I think. Sure. I like went on to Abidjan for like two, three days and I had to like start recollecting all the high school French I had learned because mm-hmm. I had to like get around. I didn't have any service on my phone <laughs> so I didn't have Google. Yeah. So I just had to like make it work and I'm sure you'll be fine in that kind. And I, I remember that story you being to Benin because the first time we actually met or like the first, our first couple of interactions when I mentioned that I went to the University of Benin for uh-huh. undergrad, you thought it was actually the country like, oh, Benin. you've been to Benin? You yeah, French? yeah. I'm like, nope, this is Benin, Nigeria, Southern Nigeria, like, <laughs> yeah, Just, I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know that was a school with a pronunciation issue. Yeah, so this is actually Benin, and that's yeah, where I'm from. Yeah. I'm, I'm Benin. The language is Benin, like B-I-N-I, but oh, okay. the place is Benin, B-E-N-I-N, which is like the same it's spelling, spelling right. but a different pronunciation. Yeah, that's interesting. So yeah, it's a totally different, uh, different place. But yeah. where, where, where haven't you been to that you want to go to? Because you, you seem like a well-traveled mm-hmm. young lady. Uh, you haven't mentioned any stories about Asia or maybe the Middle East. Where, where have you been to? Where haven't you been to that you like to go to? Mm-hmm. I would love to go to the Middle East, like Lebanon. I'm really intrigued by um, Turkey. Heard great things about. Yeah, here we so come with the tea again. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go do some tea and hookah in Lebanon? Huh? <laughs> Got it. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely the Middle East. I feel like you know, I would love to go to like Eastern Europe, like check out Romania, Hungary. But hear really good things about those places, and it's kind of like under the radar, like. I'm not super interested in doing really touristy stuff. Yeah, you're really intrigued by Romania, I can tell. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since that sixth grade project Rome, of my genealogy. Romania, <laughs> romance, all these things. <laughs> but pretty pretty interesting. What, what is it you want to do, like, for the long term, either professionally, personally? What do you want to put on record that we can come back 12, 15 years from now? Like, oh, wow, she actually said that in 2020, you know? Mm. Uh, what What's that thing? <laughs> Inside, let it out. Yeah. <laughs> let it out. Just document it. Don't worry, only one person will hear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great question. Like, I, I never know how to answer this because I just don't, like, for a while, my, <clears throat> like, so I, I interned in refugee resettlement in 2012 after undergrad mm. and, like, fell in love with it. That was the greatest thing. I was like, all right, great. And that was right before I went to grad school. So I was like, great, I'm going to, like, get really good at like something related to refugee resettlement and do that as my career Uh and like I try I did my best to study as much as I could about that in grad school there wasn't really a track where you could be like a you know super expert in like policy or anything refugee resettlement I was just like I don't know I really like this thing and I want to make it into a career so I just like stumbled around looking for a way to make it a career um I have yet to find a job that's like a good mix of refugee resettlement, but B that exists because you know the Trump administration has a mm. basically halted refugee resettlement. So, do you want to work here in the U.S. or internationally? Either I'm open. Mm. I'm like I'd totally be willing. Like I actually was going to do the Peace Corps 
Um, yeah, you like it shocked me when I figured out you didn't do any of those like AmeriCorps preschool yeah. teach for. Oh, you right. never did any of those. Like, you seem like someone that jump at that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I was, I was, I had my placement in Moldova um, after when was that? I think it was 2014. So I would have left in 2015, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all set to go. And then I, and I was still in DC. And then I learned my mom was sick. So I moved home. Um, to help help kind of manage all that. And thankfully she's better now, but she, you know, it was like a pretty scary cancer diagnosis. So oh. I was like, I, A, I hate DC, so I want any excuse to go home. Long, yeah. <laughs> B, this is, you know, every reason to go home. Yeah. Um. So she had surgery. The day she got back from her, home from her surgery was the day that I was supposed to leave for Moldova for the Peace Corps. So got I it. Like, I think this is a sign that I shouldn't should go, go to the Peace Corps. Got um, it. So yeah, I was totally down to do that, um, and it just kind of hasn't worked out since. But I'm totally interested in working abroad and oh. absolutely do it. I mean, we could talk about this. Like you, you, you seem like the you're sporty, kind of like outdoorsy, have this background interaction with other cultures, mm-hmm. uh, international outlook on life. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too keen on the DC <laughs> policy, bureaucracy, government, right. red tape cultures. No. You need to be free. So let me see what is there, what is there. Right. You need to go play for a team. <laughs> but yeah. Way past my time. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm sure you find something uh, regardless of what that is. Um, yeah. you, you seem to be in the right direction because you're working non-profit right now. You yeah. still interact with people uh, oh, from right. different you know backgrounds, different cultures, that kind of thing. So um, yeah, you never know where this life will take you. Yeah. Maybe you eventually go to Moldova. <laughs> oh, Moldova. <Maybe. laughs> we'll see. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for uh, sparing a bunch of time to be here. Uh, Before we go into something called Endgame, which is like a game I have. So in this podcast, we we try to interact with people from different backgrounds, try to like easily in a casual conversation, educate our listeners. But at the end of the podcast, we like to be a little bit deliberate about that. So we ask you a few questions about where you grew up, where you're from. So to you know, deliberately pass on that information right. to our listeners. But before I do that, do you like have any questions for me where I'm from or do you have anything I didn't ask you, anything you'd like to speak on, that kind of thing. We'll just give you like a couple of minutes. One time you said you I think you said the last year or two of your life had been really crazy. Will you expand on that? Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> you've been listening, huh? <laughs> I mean it's, it's just uh I I've I've taken a lot of risks. Uh Coming to grad school, I had a pretty uh, comfortable job in banking mm-hmm. uh, back home in Nigeria, but I, I needed to come abroad. I didn't have all the money to come abroad. Fine and good, I got like a scholarship for like 60% of the cost, but still we had like an exchange rate crisis. So mm-hmm. like I had to like come here and like if I hadn't gotten my internship, I would have been able to pay for like a second semester mm. and things like that. And I got pretty close to get, getting kicked out. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's just a whirlwind of that. And even like landing in the US, like landing in JFK at 2 a.m., <laughs> my people advising me not to take the subway or I get mugged or not mm. to go up to Queens and just like taking a 22 hour bus ride to DC mm. when I didn't have an apartment and getting my apartment like three hours away from the city oh like just gosh. just like interesting <laughs> ways and of course like relationship drama yeah. here and there you yeah. know that too added 
And Both. <laughs> but boy, here, here especially, uh, relationship drama yeah. here was pretty interesting. Uh, juggling, like, two jobs and working at MBA. Wow, uh, two jobs Yeah, yeah, yeah. What had were to, they? Had to do what you had to do. So I worked with the Office of Graduate Studies as a communications assistant, so kind of like calling people who like wanted to come into grad school. Mm -hmm. I also like worked as a research assistant. I also worked for like a nonprofit. So at the time, I was actually juggling three jobs. But research assistant, I, I didn't have like I didn't have office hours, so I didn't mm -hmm. have to go. But there was a time I also like did that, did the communications thing where I had office hours, and I still worked for Fenka, which is kind of like a financial nonprofit, mm -hmm. like on 15th Street downtown okay. DC. That's so familiar, I, but... yeah, I did that like three days a week. So doing all that, you know, at the same time, there was a time I was just tired of the whole school thing. You just but didn't I, sleep whatsoever. <laughs> I didn't sleep. My accommodation situation wasn't like the best of things. We like three graduate students live like in a basement mm. kind of thing, yeah. and we're all like in the basement, and my 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 room or whatever that was it wasn't room whatever space was more or less like in the kitchen or bordering the kitchen <laughs> just like a combination yeah, of yeah, like yeah. a whole bunch of things i actually thought about like journaling some of those experiences but yeah. it, it's pretty interesting because you know you ha sometimes you have to pass through you know some of that stuff yeah to kind of like make what you're going through now worthwhile because when you right. look back like oh you're happy through shit like, yeah, yeah i can yeah. do some of this shit like, yeah. it doesn't matter <laughs> like look back at what you've been through and be like i can do anything <laughs> exactly that kind of stuff so yeah. but yeah yeah just, just just some of the things i went through there, there there's a lot more that's just like five percent but no no it's not, it's not. <laughs> but yeah that, that's pretty much a, a, a humble summary cool. Love it. So, are you ready to play uh, Endgame? Yeah. Okay, let's go. I have three questions for you. Okay. Uh, it's a bit, I don't know, let's see how much you know about Wyoming. Uh, mm -hmm. A little bit difficult, but like I said, uh, the audience in mind try to pass some information to the audience uh, mm -hmm. there. So, question one, and you can phone a friend, you can phone your oh. girlfriend. <laughs> why, do you know why Wyoming is called the equality state? I do. It's because women... It's the first state where women got the right to vote. There we go. There we go. It was go. in 1920, wasn't it? There's like uh, a let me see if the year is the 1869, actually. Oh. <laughs> it, was, it, was actually, it was actually the territory of Wyoming. So, yeah, it was the first state in the USA where women had the right to vote. Because who would have thunk it? Like, Wyoming? Right, you know, one would think, shocking. like... New York or like right. what a place. Yeah, yeah, like a liberal place, but yeah. I'm sure there's some kind of story there. But I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure my mom can tell you. She's the reason I know that factoid. So Oh, so <laughs> you guys didn't teach you that in high school? I'm sure they did, but I didn't like nothing from high school really stuck. But no. my mom continues to repeat these like cool these facts. Things. So no, I, I remember listening to NPR and where they they said like publishers like publishers of the same textbook so you can have like the same textbook by the same author the same edition everything but mm -hmm. the contents of that textbook in atlanta is different from the contents in pennsylvania wyoming oh, like yeah it's different like because some states influence legislation to make themselves like especially with subjects around like the civil war and things oh, like that right. to make themselves like look good so they force publishers to publish them in the better light. I mean, I don't think it's even called the Civil War in the South. It's called the... Confederate War or something? No, it's called the, the Northern... 
the northern something. It's not called the Civil War yeah. in the South. It's called like the the northern like the northern hiccup. It's one funny thing <laughs> to acknowledge that this wasn't a war because right. they lost. Because they can't deal with that. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah. second question. So one out of one. Oh, that's right. interesting. I, I thought this was hard, but yeah, you <laughs> seem to be acing it so far. So second one. And obviously, this would be, we talked about this, so you should know this. You know where the largest coal mine in the U.S. is located? <laughs> Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, pretty easy, because it's a coal and farming town. Actually, the 10 largest coal mines in the U.S. are all located in and around Wyoming. Oh, I didn't so, know yeah, that. that's always a very huge coal production yeah. area, which was, uh, I guess, one of the things Trump's ran on. Trump, oh, Trump sure. ran on, but even yeah. though those jobs are drying up, pretty interesting to see what what will come up of Wyoming. States like Wisconsin are implementing things called like Wisconsin Valley right. and all that kind of thing, like trying to diversify their economy. It'll be yeah. interesting to see. Maybe it'll be like the honey state or something. I Who truly knows, hope right? so. But that'll be like a gold mine. Your ranch will be like very valuable. <laughs> <laughs> well, gotta warn my parents. <laughs> got it, got it. So last question. So the you know the story JC Penny? He actually started in Wyoming. I didn't know that. Yeah, cool. so it started in Kemmerer. Kemmerer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kemmerer, Wyoming. Yeah, April 14th, 1902. But J.C. Penny is actually the entrepreneur's name. Do you actually, do you happen to know the full name? His full name is that what his initials stand for? Think of a popular country musician for the sea. Uh, there's a very popular country musician named Johnny something. For this. <laughs> Cash. <laughs> okay, the Cash is a C. <laughs> then the first name is like an outlaw and popular in the Midwest. Like when you think of a popular outlaw in the Midwest. He had a crew. A lot of people have used him for like folklore and stuff like this whole bounty hunter, cowboy era kind of time. <laughs> Oh, I, I want to know the answer, but I don't. Oh, wait. What was his name? Wait, I even blanked out. <laughs> wait, it was... Uh... Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, yeah, what, know the it was freaking out. No, I knew it, but I just, I just blanked out. But anyways, uh, his name is... J. Oh, his name was James Cash Penny. Oh, so, yeah, James that's the uh, first Cash store was started in Wyoming. I think it was actually called the Golden Rule Store or something, but okay. by James Cash Penny. But actually, you know, went on to found J.C. Penny. Oh. And I think he actually originally was born in Missouri, but he moved to Wyoming and, you know, found this nationwide. So J.C. Penny's everywhere. Cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I so something about my home state. Yep, yep. <laughs> so yeah, thanks very much, Natalie, for yeah. being on the podcast. You want to like drop your social media? I don't know. Say hi to Kenny, whatever. <laughs> Shout out to my girlfriend Kenny. That's it. You know, no no social media. Okay, you're, you're the type of person whose social media is on private anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't care much about my social media so Got it. don't no need to follow or your me. blog or something or whatever i need to get a blog i should get a blog. i think i think you do that's gonna be i think you need to do more writing of a goal yeah for maybe me, you need to start writing. a podcast no, yeah. not no. <laughs> you have such a good voice. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, it's a Culture Class Podcast. Uh, feel free to follow us um, everywhere. Uh, it's Culture Class Podcast everywhere except Twitter. Twitter is Culture Class Pod. Send us an email, cultureclasspodcast at gmail.com. Tell us what you think. Tell us if you want us to put you in touch with uh, Natalie. Um, this episode is under an hour. The last one was like two hours and 30 minutes or something. So this is short and sweet. Thanks for listening. <laughs>